0: Citizens of the Internet.
1: Emmanuel Macron was elected in 2016 as a centrist, vowing to transcend the left-right divide and appease voters of all persuasions. But now, more than four years into his mandate, observers say his once gradual shift to the right is accelerating especially as it pertains to policing. For many, the Yellow Vest protests marked a turning point in relations between citizens and law enforcement under Macron's administration. The harsh repression of the demonstrations provoked criticism from international human rights organizations, which accused French police of excessive use of force. Uh, During the yellow vest uh, movement, uh, two people have been killed during police operations and 30 people have been mutilated uh, by the use of uh, plastic bullets. This bunch of evidence uh, has uh, very much irritated police unions. A series of terrorist attacks further solidified the Macron government's rightward shift, with lawmakers from the ruling party proposing two pieces of hardline legislation. The first, which critics say targets Islam, would increase controls on Muslim civil society groups and ban homeschooling, while the second, also a security law, would make it a criminal offense to publish images of police officers with the intent to harm their physical or psychological integrity, a disposition critics say would make it much harder to hold officers accused of abuses accountable. Just days following the law's proposal, relations between French citizens and the police hit a breaking point, with investigations opened into at least three cases of police violence captured on video. Perhaps the most shocking, the seemingly gratuitous and racially tinged beating of a black man in his own music studio. Despite widespread outrage and mass protests against the new security law, the interior minister has reiterated his support for the police. Comments President Macron has reportedly criticized him for, accusing the minister of pouring gas on the fire.
2: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Citizens of the (laughs) Internet, yeah?
0: British, yeah.
2: British, yeah. So, this, you know, this is a lot different. We are in the studio.
0: Coming at you live.
2: Live. (laughs) We live, baby, yeah.
0: Also, it's interesting that we're on episode three, season three.
2: And 333 is my lucky number and...
0: My lucky number too.
2: Look at that. That's crazy. (laughs) You know, people on the internet have been talking about manifesting and, you know, angel numbers 111, 222, 333. And I think 333
0: is our number.
2: Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So uh, this week we've been watching euphoria Mm
3: -hmm.
2: it's very good
0: it only took us like a year and a half to start
2: yeah but you know that's the thing about life it's always the thing you take the longest to start then you realized this was the best stuff to ever start
0: yeah that's true euphoria i had different expectations for it and when i watched it i was like wow i was not expecting this at all
2: what were you thinking it was going to be about
0: I thought based off of like the trends and, you know, the makeup looks and all that, that Mm -hmm. it was going to be like makeup related and drag queen kind of related, like Mm -hmm. down that realm, like how the other Netflix show Pose is. Um, I did not know it was going to be teen drugs, real life, you know? So, yeah.
2: That's pretty cool. You know, and I, I like how they had a different take to the traditional school film. Usually, you know, I know we've seen Saved by the Bell. It had, you know, one main character and the main character was very charismatic and it revolved all around him Mm -hmm. and he was getting into like mindless trouble within the school and the home life and other parts of the life were kind of in the background. But in Euphoria, it wasn't like that. You know, we didn't hear a bell ring once.
0: Yeah, it was like school was just a part of their life. It wasn't their main focus. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really true because, like, I mean, they were yeah. doing a lot more than school. Yeah, it's
2: more than just school. And <laughs> the, the, the best part in Euphoria, well, one part that I liked was how the adults were late to catch up to everything. And the principal, he was digging. You know, he asked one person and another person told him something else. Then another person told him this. And so he's, like, writing everything down. Like, oh, my goodness. The carnival? You know, so yeah. I, I really liked that part.
0: It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah.
2: So... so who are your favorite characters? Well, top five or top three favorite characters.
0: Okay, that's favorite. a lot. That's good. Because if you said favorite, it'd be really hard to choose. Yeah. So let's start from the bottom up. So okay. my third favorite is probably Maddie. <laughs> okay. Maddie's Nate's girlfriend. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's unpopular or not, but I love how true she is to herself. She does not care. But also that can, that's obviously her downfall. She's like terribly toxic yeah, and unloved, but she doesn't realize because of her family life. That's really sad, but I love her confidence. I love her makeup. I love her looks, but I would love to see some growth in the right direction in season two for her
2: growth in what
0: emotionally, way? um, self love. I mean, you can say she has a lot of self love, but I think, I mean, you you can have confidence, but that doesn't mean you love yourself, right? Because look what she's doing to herself—subjecting herself to someone like Nate.
2: But Nate idealizes everything she wants in a significant other. Right? She wants to. She wants someone who is anti her father. Right? Her father is a drunk, can't keep a job, is on the couch. Yeah, but overweight. she can find someone
0: like that without hurting her.
2: But and and see, and that's the paradox, right? <laughs> Typically most men who are adventurous and entertaining and fun and you know lively there tends to be that wild nature within them so it's a there's a duality yeah there's a duality in people like that cuz you know typically uh someone who isn't well you know who's typically nice he's going to be i think Maddie will get bored of the nice guy
0: but that's what i'm saying she doesn't even realize what she deserves she thinks that this is the goodest the best she will have and it's gonna take self-love for her to see that she can find those qualities in a man without the abuse, minus the abuse. Abuse is not part of the package. True.
2: Also, you have to think about... So And no, so here's the big picture people don't think about when they say people need to find something better, right?
0: Well, I'm not saying find something better. Work within. That's the issue. Mm, work within. Obviously, she's only 17. She doesn't realize she just wants to have fun, live fast.
2: And so that's the thing, though. When... There is no chain, there is no ego death, or there is no change unless something on the outside affects her, you know, very largely or bigly. Something affects her deeply that causes her to change. There needs to be some type of outside factor that will force her to reflect. Because as we watch the show, she never really reflects, right? The prom scene. Yeah. It's like a reflection of the party scene.
0: Yeah, nothing's changed.
2: Nothing's changed. Even even though Nate was going to go to jail. Right? Even for though for hurting her. For hurting her. Yes. And then her mom was like, you know, this guy's not good to you. You're abused, right? She's she's alone, you know, Nate's parents don't like her. She still never reflects.
0: Yeah, and it comes down to her family life because she has never seen a healthy relationship at home. The only other re- relationship she's seen is mm, through you know men other men besides Nate when she would take breaks and cheat on him or whatever mm-hmm. and then there's Nate so there's people who use her for sex and there's someone who abuses her and uses her for sex and like to feed his own ego yeah so there's a lot yeah there's a lot to unpack <laughs> there
2: okay so who's who's the second one who's the second second
0: person? oh that's so hard okay second oh cat i love cat cat cam girl okay yeah but i don't like when she got like too, um, not the word, not confident. I liked her confidence, but I think it started to m- deteriorate her her job, and she, it kind of warped her view of men because she didn't have a lot of male attention before. Mm-hmm. And then once she transformed into kitten queen,
3: yeah, kitten queen.
0: She be, like she uh, started attracting men for one reason. For sex. And she thought that that was the only way to get men. Yes. But good thing sweet old Ethan came in and showed her that, hey, I don't want to be you just for sex. I actually really like you. Yeah. So when, you know, when her, when she, the prom episode, I started to like her again because it was like her true inner self. It yeah. wasn't like this persona, kin queen.
2: The prom self, the prom scene was with her and Ethan. I felt like that was acting. That was real Emmy Award Oscar Award acting the lip
0: quiver the lip biting, the nervousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I know
2: like how many shots do you think it took for them to get that chemistry? I
0: have no idea but they all have really good chemistry if you watch like off-screen things and they're just like all together in the group they're like besties
2: yeah yeah that's so. good I like that all right so so for, you know for Kat man I was really and that's the thing right I feel like she had to come full circle right First, she was rejected by, what was his name? Daniel. She was rejected by Daniel, right? Her first love. She self-hates. And then she's like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I'm done hiding. I'm done being afraid. I'm going to start taking up space. Mm-hmm. Right? So she goes, remember, she is fantasized. She sleeps with the the most popular kid in the school. I think he's like 21 at the time. He works at the carnival. The carnival scene where she has sex with the carnival. Car- oh, yes. With the huge... Oh, yes.
0: Uh, the high school old high school alumni. Yeah,
2: the alumni. Mm-hmm. Right? And to her...
0: It's like when it clicked.
2: That was, let's say, the best she's ever done. Because in the past, you know, he was, he was the it guy. Mm-hmm. And that's like her smashing... What was his name? Tyler Nathan?
0: I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying that's- the
2: equivalent. That's the equivalent. She has had sex with the coolest guy in the town Mm -hmm. however you know what else is after that
0: yeah once she reached that she was kind of like now what yeah
2: now what (laughs) now she wants to be loved yeah I was really I was really scared for Kat I was like I hope she doesn't damage her ability to love and fall in love love again
0: well Ethan came in at a good time yeah and also she allowed herself to open up to him because at first she was like mad at him too because she thought that he had flirted with some other girl and so she kind of pushed herself away from him but then mm-hmm. he kept coming to her and he mm-hmm. was like hey what's going on like he actually cared about her
2: it's kind of like the picture you see on the internet where the girl is putting up walls and the guy he has an axe he's <laughs> kind of like mm, let me break in let me get that heart
0: that's She's ethan like, no, i'm scared yeah yeah. Ethan. yeah good for ethan
2: all right so who's first
0: okay this is gonna be i think controversial but I think a lot of people have my same view too. My favorite character is Jules. People are going to be like, why would you say that? Didn't you watch the last episode? But also I feel like we're putting too much pressure on Jules the same way everyone else in her life or everything in her life has, mm-hmm. right? Jules and and Rue are only 17. They're really young. Yeah. And Rue is dealing with adult issues with her addiction and trying to get better and like trying to find friends who like her
2: mm-hmm. also her whole life she has been everyone has been like telling her what to do everyone yeah. has she's Jules, been under, right yeah, she's yeah been under somebody's thumb whether sexually right when she her just, mom her mom put her in the psych ward when she was like seven
0: mm-hmm. and
2: then she gets older she starts exploring her sexuality mm-hmm. and she's sleeping with men who are just
0: very dominant
2: very dominant no affection so at, again she's on the receiving end of everybody else so when she meets Rue, Rue, the dynamic shifts, right? Rue isn't trying to be dominant. Rue isn't trying to assert herself on Jules. So now the dynamic shifts. So now Jules, her and Cat, her and uh, Rue, her and Rue. So Jules and Rue, okay. Jules and Rue. Now Jules can kind of open up and be free and do what she wants mm-hmm. around Rue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I've been reading a lot about like why people hate Jules, and it's because they said that Jules caused um, Rue to relapse. But I feel like it's really unfair to put someone else's life on someone else, mm-hmm. especially since Jules didn't ask for this. All she wanted was she met a friend that she really yeah. enjoyed being around.
2: She just wanted a friend.
0: She didn't she didn't ask for it to be like you know the chaperone as they said in one of the episodes. Like mm-hmm. you're, I'm supposed to be your chaperone, and she just and in that episode I think is when it really illustrated how how confined Jules was when she drank so much, she was swimming in the pool and yeah, it, it, it was really sad. Cause it was like, she, I think that's when she realized the dilemma of like, I want to be your friend, but I don't want to be the reason you die be- yeah. if I leave.
2: Cause I also want to live life. Yeah. And the, the cool thing people don't notice about uh, Jules is typically in most shows, the trans or gay character has a bad life bad home life and her outside life is more supportive and not chaotic and it's very not stressful for her but for jewel's case her family home life was very calm
0: well after her mom after left. her
2: mom but like yeah for the most part of what we saw with her father mm-hmm. who was more accepting it was all calm yeah. but, and it it's kind of like and so then it was everything else outside of her and that's kind of like the thing about life you never really get your cake and eat it too There's always something affecting you from really reaching that perfect state, that perfect existence, that perfect, like, you're good, like back in childhood when you were in this bubble and nothing could go wrong.
0: Well, she kind of reached that when she went to New York or wherever she was, in the city, when she went with TC and Anna, and she met Anna. And she felt, like, super free. And she was so excited she told Rue about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And then Rue thought she cheated on her.
0: Yeah, which is... Like, that just shows the, uh, I guess you could say, like, the youth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, you think that doing this means something, but really, you have to talk things out and make sure yeah. you guys are on the same page.
2: And you keep forgetting that they're 17. I forget, days. yeah. Because it's just so much, it's so grown. You think, like, man, these are grown people problems. Yeah. But problems are problems, regardless of how old you are.
0: Yeah. I That's really, great. I really like Jules because she's like, Wholesome, wholesomely her, despite like the drama that's surrounding her, even though she has the upper hand with the whole Nate thing, she mm-hmm. could easily put him in jail, but it just shows that she but is Jules not. Jules
2: told her not to. Jules, like, please, you know, just don't bring it up. Keep it simple. Who? Jules bad, uh, rude to not do anything crazy. Just leave it alone. Remember?
0: No, but I'm saying Jules could do something about mm, it. Yeah. Talk to her dad or something. Yeah. Yeah, she's my favorite. I love all her looks. Her smile is the cutest. I think she's very, like, a, I feel like she's very good emotionally as a friend. Mm-hmm. But she tends to forget about, like, she just kind of jumps everywhere, you know? Yeah. Like she doesn't have really commitment to anybody, mm-hmm. which I guess we will explore more in season two, like, what, what that means, like, because, like, she's, like, remember when Rue asked, like, are you in love with Anna? And then are you in love with me? And she said yes to both. So we might get to see more details on that. Well,
2: remember, she she can't commit because she's never been loved before. Mm -hmm. How can you give what you've never received? Well, her
0: dad loved her. But
2: that's, you know, love from a father is different from love from a mother. Mm -hmm. Right. Or maybe I'm just being sexist, but (laughs) she never received that maternal love her mother was always looking at her like she's crazy
0: well we don't know why her mom sent her to the psych ward i because feel like
2: her mom was anti you know she well she, who
0: knows because like her mom barely had any dialogue
2: well, as we see her walking to the psych ward she was wearing a dress you see what i'm saying so the mother is like my son is wearing a dress my son is wearing girly clothing what's going on
0: did she, she say that was that in the dialogue
2: it was very subliminal that's how parents treat their children you know how when your kids start wearing female clothing the parents are like okay Something is wrong with this kid. They're not going to tell them like, hey, there's something wrong with you.
0: I don't. I feel like there's more to unpack. I think in season two, they're going to talk more about what was going on with Jules's mom because she did not have that much dialogue. It was more focused on Jules. So we'll see. I'm sure it has to do with her being trans, but I think there might be more to it. All these characters have like 10 billion complexities. So yeah, yeah. we'll see.
2: So my favorite character.
0: top, Top three. So bottom third.
2: Okay. So three would be Fez.
0: Oh dang it! I forgot
2: about yeah, him. I, I love Fez. You know Fez, he reminds me he, the character that I know a guy, that's Fez.
0: You know, I I looked up on how he like how they found him. I mm-hmm. think they just found him like walking down the street, like, and I don't know if that's accurate though. But it seems pretty legit because the way he acts is like very. I've I feel like we all know a Fez, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm
2: saying he he's that guy. You know, the drug dealer in high school. That was dealing drugs and now we get to see what it was like in his life you know he was dealing with some real shady guys and then you ask yourself why are these people putting themselves in danger there has to be some type of major extra factor that's causing him and so we discover it's his grandmother right Mm -hmm. his grandmother is immobilized immobilized she's on the bed Mm -hmm. Right. She's in a coma.
0: Bill's stacking up. Bill's
2: stacking up. The mortgage is going to take the house. Even off. his
0: little little brother, right? That's his brother? I think so. They're Probably. both dealing they're just both to make team. ends meet. Like at first you watch the first episode and you're like a child drug dealer? Like, is this supposed to be humorous? And then you realize like, no, like they're just trying to make a living.
2: Which just goes to show you that we're a product of our environment. That little boy could have been... I don't know. He could have been living another life. He could have just been
0: a regular nine-year-old eating yeah. French fries, watching iPad.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And he, and now he has face tattoos and he's dealing drugs.
2: Yeah, and I, and I really liked, like so. Fez, did see Rue as a sister.
0: That was that was one of my favorite um, relationships. It was
2: very. There was no weird underlying sexual. Never, ever. Like I want her, even when she did the. Um, The drugs mouse gave her the fentanyl. drugs fentanyl and she passed out. He was like, he well, was trying to take care, care of her. Yeah. He calls her people like, hey, we got to fix her up. We got to get her out of here. He was even ready to kill his dealer. Right. This is how he gets his money to pay for his, his grandmother.
0: Not only that, that's putting him his whole life in danger. Killing his dealer. I'm sure people will come after him. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a heart of gold, like a big heart. It's just this other side.
2: Like if his mother was around or if he had a stable family background.
0: I'm hoping we get a full dissection episode for Fez. Because I want to see like what led him to there. He
2: might might go down and become like Mouse. That might be...
0: That will be sad. Do you think they're
2: going to do like, oh, we're all grown up now. They're 25 no. years old now. I hope they don't No, do because
0: they have so many other characters to still unpack. Yeah. Gia. Okay. Jules' mom. Probably Fez. Hopefully, if he doesn't die. Who knows? Okay. Ashtray. I want Ashtray to. I mean, he's only nine, but still. I want to see like what happened. Well, probably they'll do Ashtray and Fez together.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. My second favorite character. Uh, her boyfriend. The, the black guy. What's his name? The football player. I'm not
0: going to say his name. I don't like him. What was his name? No, you should have remembered. He's your favorite character. Come on. What's his name? Chris McKay.
2: Okay, McKay. So, McKay... I like McKay. Why? You you find out why. He's the way he is, right? He's a black boy in the suburbs. And his father understands that his son will start dealing with racism. And if you lash out angry and violent they're gonna see okay uh, look at you you're problematic you're the n-word you're a thug you're a gangster Mm -hmm. right and and typically with young black boys their father is like okay the only way out is to play ball and they will put a lot of pressure on their son i remember growing up um i thought you know playing football or doing sports would be the way out of the hood
0: really swear to god
2: and so even all the young boys around me we thought the same thing too and these coaches would pray, you know, they would take advantage of that, right? Mm-hmm. They understand that these young black boys, these are, these are their dreams. There's no father around. It's just their mother.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I really like how he had a dad. You get what I'm saying? We don't
0: see his mom, actually.
2: Yeah, we don't see his mom. But mm-hmm. they focused on this black boy had a dad. It wasn't the whole, I want to make it to the league to take care of my mama and feed <laughs> her and get my brothers out. You know, these were well-off kids. Mm-hmm. He had a dad. And that's very refreshing to see. But then the dad, as we said before, gave him bad advice, you know, to well, bottle it all up.
0: I it was good like to a certain degree. It was. I feel like it was good intentions, but intentions don't, you know, mean anything if the actions lead to somewhere else.
2: Yeah, you know what they say, uh, the road to hell Paid is paved with
0: good intentions. Paved in
2: good intentions, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he is around a lot of white people, so he goes to college. What does he do?
0: Enters into a white frat. White frat. That part pissed me off. I was like, what is he doing? Why?
2: Well, remember, he's in a small town. And so the way he went to college was a D1 college 30 miles away from his home. Mm-hmm. Colleges that are 30 miles away from your home will be predominantly white.
0: Is that a stat?
2: Yeah. So his name is holding. Oh, because his, his, his town is white. right? His okay. town's white.
0: Okay. Okay. That's mm-hmm.
2: what Ali told uh, Rue. Am I your first black friend? Yeah. He really was, though. He
0: was. Yeah. She knew McKay, but they weren't friends.
2: Yeah, they weren't friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And um, McKay had a heart of gold. He, He loved Cassie, right?
0: No, he didn't. No, he didn't.
2: At first, yes, he did love Cassie. He loved her and he wanted the best for her. But as he comes back into town, it's everybody around him that's poisoning him. Right, what we're seeing is he's very he's easily influenced by his outside.
3: That's what I was
0: going to talk about. I don't like how after Nate showed him like the pic- the videos of her, you know, with other people, mm-hmm. he kept that within him, and he would use it against her. Like she is considered like a whore or a slut whenever he feels she is, but then whenever he asks for nudes, it's all good. You know what I mean? Or she dresses this way and I like it because she's my girl, but I hate it when everyone else is looking at her and I'll never hear the end of it if you go to this party dressed like this. it's Very selfish. I don't like his attitude at all. And then he tries to mask it with like, I am proud of you. I like being with you, but I'll only say it to you and no one else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like McKay at all. I feel like he's fake. And he has a lot of insecurities as well as Cassie. I don't think they're good for each other. They're They're very... insecure. That sounds really mean, but it's true cuz like they haven't had the chance to fully explore themselves.
2: They it, f- they fill the void that they're each missing. Right, Cassie wants someone to love her. She wants a male figure to love her. McKay can fill that role. McKay wants love. He wants nurturing. He wants someone to vent to. And so unfortunately, Cassie being very, you know, soft-spoken and, you know, kind, kind, and big heart. She supplicates to him.
0: Yeah. Also, I feel like if he is so uncomfortable with the fact, you know, that he's seen those videos. I don't know why he just doesn't leave because like he keeps using it against her. Like at the carnival, he's like, it's not like everybody doesn't know. But then you find out later those people in those videos were people she trusted mm-hmm. and were dating. Yeah. And then they just leaked it for everyone. And now she, like the guy, you don't even know who these guys are. You don't you ever don't. you don't hear them being called slept and whores, but it's just Cassie's being
2: and i really like how cat so there's like two ways you can handle it right either you let it take a life of itself or you get ahead of it i see and you use it to your advantage to your advantage and i i remember on twitter early twitter you know people were leaking uh women's nudes and stuff oh my god it was a crazy era and so you know some girls would kill themselves so it, it was it was oh like, my goodness yeah it was like oh my life is ruined you know that was it and i really liked how women were like you know f- forget it we're going to embrace it. Yeah. We're going to turn this into a good. And, you know, they gain followers and they realize, you know, hey, you won't, you won't shame me. Mm-hmm. We're fighting back.
0: A lot of, yeah. Remember before like Twitter nudes and stuff, there was like celebrity leaks.
2: Yes.
3: That,
0: those were crazy. And then celebrities started leaking their own stuff. And then it took the power away from the people trying to leak it. Because it's like, if you leak it first, then it's not leak anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I liked.
2: I really like that. And then, okay, now, my first first favorite character. I actually
0: don't know this. Wait, I do. Yeah, it's Nate. Okay. I like
2: Nate. I'm a big Nate fan. I'm a big Nate fan because, like you said, Nate is complex. Nate's complex, Mm -hmm. right? And I like him even more now because that's not who he really is, right? The actor is not really him. Oh, Jacob. So it's like this is a whole different person that's made up. So why would I hate someone that's imaginary?
0: Well, I'm not saying you hate But Jacob. like within
2: the universe, I can I see. But yeah. I like him even more now that I know he's fictional. But he's so <laughs> realistic. You know, he's very realistic. I know. Yeah. Right?
0: I've probably met people like him.
2: Tipi- you know, the, the uber jog, And he has a very overbearing father. And the overbearing father wants everything to be perfect because he's hiding another side of himself.
0: <gasps> Sorry, just to cut you off for a bit. You know, there's a third brother, right? Yeah, no in one those cares pictures, about no.
2: Third, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a third brother.
0: We, I was reading today, and I was like, wait, there were three boys in that picture. So I hope they talk about that too, and hopefully, it's not just like some plot hole. Cause where's the third boy? Where is he? I don't know. There's only two boys ever, even at the chili cookout. What they lock him in a closet and don't let him eat chili?
2: <laughs> he's not. He's not uh, tough enough. So
0: I think there might be something about Cal and that in that other brother. Something about okay. that. I don't know, but. Okay, back to
2: Nate. And, you know, Nate, I really like the Nate's transformation, right? Nate didn't crumble after he saw his dad's sex tape. Nate rose even more. No, I, no. Nate rose no. even more. Well, so if, if so, I'm just looking at it from just.
0: I know, but you also have to think about.
2: Himself as a developing person.
0: You watch it once, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, whatever. You stumbled upon it. This dude watched it every day for the rest of his life. There's he did. some. Yes, I think that's what the show is trying to portray. He knows. He knows the order of the CDs so well, and like he watches them. Oh wow! So there's something's not clicking. There's synapses. There's something that's telling, not telling him to watch it anymore. Like mm-hmm. something's a lot is wrong in his head. Trauma. I
2: mean, that's what I'm trying to say. So that's why I like him because he's very complex, and. It isn't because usually in traditional high school movies, the jock that's super confident, I'm Nate, blah blah blah. blah he's secretly gay or closeted.
0: I hate that trope. And, though.
2: and they and they explored they explored it in the show, and he wasn't closeted. Really, he was pretending in order to protect his family.
0: I don't think so. I think there is a level of queer yeah, to him when we
2: saw him, you know, with Jules. jerking off to himself in the bathroom. To I, reflection.
0: Yeah. Also, I think that he, he uses sex as not like pleasure and like intimacy. It's more of like a power thing because he sees this is only his only association with sex is his dad's tapes and probably porn, which both are not very good representations. And so, like, every time you've seen the scenes with him and Maddie getting intimate, it's always like
2: him in, on top,
0: one position, and she doesn't look like Happy. she's having fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's very aggressive.
2: Just like McKay. Like they're all just using their girlfriends as a... Because
0: they're all going through their own stuff, but they can't...
2: And they take it out on their significant other.
0: Yeah, they just can't understand that they shouldn't be dating. Yeah.
2: The cool part that I really liked was when Nate was coming into the motel. And so t- <laughs> so, so for other people that haven't seen Euphoria... I'm Makes sure sense.
0: they've seen it. We're the last ones.
2: I don't think so. There's people. <laughs> I, I tweeted euphoria, fire, 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 fire emoji. Yeah, there's like. And ten. I didn't get the response that I was expecting. Yeah. Which goes to show me there are people out there that haven't seen euphoria.
0: I mean, what did they say to that? What would they say to that? Fire, 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 fire back. Fire, fire, <laughs> fire back.
2: Uh-huh. It's kind of like saying Marco. Where's the polo, motherfucker?
0: I love that commercial. There's this commercial where Marco. Polo? Is that his, name? Is that his full name? Marco Polo's in the pool with two kids and they're mm-hmm. playing Marco Polo. Oh,
2: yeah. That was back in the days, like, what, 2005?
0: And they're like, Marco. He's like, yes, I'm right <laughs> ready.
2: <here." laughs> yeah, I remember that commercial. Yeah.
0: So, okay, so, yeah, your favorite scene, motel.
2: So, uh, Nate's dad. So, Nate's dad is on Grinder, And Nate's dad will find gay men within the area. Mm-hmm. And he'll, okay, you know, meet me in the motel. We're going to hang out. His name is Dominant Daddy. Mm-hmm. very cliche and these guys are subs you know he'll sleep with them and then he'll film himself sleeping with these men right like mm-hmm. oh let me put my hand in your oh and that's what he did to jules, jules. instantly yeah,
0: yeah. he yeah. does it to maddie too
2: so that's where he got it from watching his dad
0: that's what i'm saying his only association with sex is his dad and so that's what he'll practice
2: mm. which goes <laughs> to show you all we are is what we consume Right. If you consume toxic porn, all you can do is exude toxic porn. Right. If you eat bad food, all you'll do is, and your body will transform into bad food. Mm-hmm. Food for thought.
0: My favorite Nate scene was, I think, the last episode. Right? Was that the last one? Yeah. It was. It was the prom episode when, like, a bunch of scenes were happening at once, where his dad comes in and he says something like you don't deserve to skate by or something. I don't remember. It was remember. the game,
2: right? He was like, "Oh you yes. won the game, but you lost control of the team.
0: Yes. And his, he's like fed up. Because at that point, I can really feel what Nate is feeling. He's he's, un, he's dealing with a lot like Maddie, um, Jules, his dad's sex tapes. That's heavy. Yeah, and
2: then here comes his dad trying to give him more advice, tell him what to do. Like, who are you to tell me what to do? Right? Yeah. Who are you to even talk?
0: And then you see that Nate towers over his dad. But then his dad is the only person that can still overpower him. Not even physically, but even just mentally. Those tapes. And like years and years of bad parenting. Mm -hmm. And that was my favorite episode because that was the first time you see his real emotions. Because this whole time he's so calculated. And he doesn't cry or anything. He does yell sometimes. He gets mad. But like that was like true raw emotions. And I was very excited.
2: That just goes to show you like those kind of guys, right? If you can't. Right, Jules stood up to him. He cracked. When? The kitchen scene, right? Who do you, oh, who do yeah. you know here?
0: Who do you, who knows Jules? Yeah, that was so right? sad. And
2: then she pulls up the knife. And she cuts herself. She says, I've been a
0: psych bitch. Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> so for the people out there who are watching that are getting bullied by Uber jocks, stand up to them.
0: Yeah, just get a kitchen knife.
2: Yeah, don't be st- no, no, don't get a kitchen <laughs> I'm knife. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. You know, Stand up don't to them.
0: Don't do that. <laughs> stand up to them, right?
2: Because his dad stood up to him and he cracked. He was hitting his head. on. He went straight like schizophrenic. But that's good though because at least now he let out everything that's been within him. And I feel like from here on out, it can either go one or two ways. Mm-hmm. He can dive deeper in the ego or he can... Start healing.
0: Yeah. they. Everyone in this episode needs to just be alone. I don't think anybody needs to be with anybody. They got a lot of stuff they need to work out. And they keep wanting to be in relationships thinking it'll fix everything. Like, who told them that?
2: Well, and that's, that's the thing, though. You know, I feel like humans, we're social creatures. We have to socialize. We need to socialize. But I was watching on TV. They say the number one or I was on TikTok, I don't know, but they said the number one killer or effect of of Americans that damage Americans isn't car wrecks, It not drinking, it's child abuse, Mm -hmm. right? Children are being abused at home. So then as they grow up, they don't know because we don't really focus on mental health in this country. These complexes, these shadows that develop within us, we grow up with it, right? And we mask it in alcoholism, sex abuse, pornography, overworking out, obesity, it, it masks itself in different forms, right? They say studies show that children overseas in different countries are happier than people in America.
0: Why? What's the difference?
2: Um, okay, so in other countries, people, it's not just work, 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 work. Oh. right. In America, if you stop working, you lose everything.
0: I mean, I beg to differ in, in Asian countries, like your whole life is leading up to this one opportunity to get the job that will make you money. Not even a job you love. It's at this point, it's just a job that will make you money. Well, not just
2: that, in Asian countries, I'm sure you guys have uh, family, right? Everything's all about the family. Mm -hmm. You have family support. And in America, we don't believe in extended families. We believe in the nuclear family. While in Asian countries, they still practice extended families, right? Grandma and grandpa will be there. So if dad and mom are busy, Mm-hmm. Or if dad or mom is abusing the kid, grandma can jump in. Like, oh, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. There's, there's somebody to check somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if grandma's a dick, and then your dad's, <laughs> yeah, you're out of luck for you. But I'm serious. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, uh, in America, people have to work a lot, so they can they tend to push their children to the side. Like, oh. Or they yell at their kids. They spank their kids. You know, you're on Twitter. You're scrolling through. You'll see people tweeting. I can't wait to hit my kids. Like, yo, your kid hasn't even, hasn't even been born yet. And you're waiting to abuse this kid.
0: Twitter consists of.
2: Not even just Twitter. like Just the internet. Like Facebook.
0: Yeah. Everything.
2: Just, just That's what they. That's, that is that, the mindset. It's so
0: odd. Like they just bring up people who don't even exist just to say I will abuse them because I was abused. I think you need a therapy. A therapist. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah, you need help. You should start tweeting out, like, can someone be my therapist? Not, can I go hit my child when I'm 30?
2: Because think about it. If you keep hitting this person, all they're going to do is just their mind is going to build up barriers to protect them from the trauma you're dishing out on them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like working out. If you work out, you tear a muscle. What happens your muscle starts to heal itself. Get bigger because it feels like it's being damaged. So if you're being emotionally abused... What is your brain going to do? And walls and walls and walls. walls. and walls and walls to protect your psyche so you don't go crazy. That's
0: literally Nate. Yeah. That's why he's so like, you'd think he's so calm all the time, but he's actually like a raging ball inside, just deep inside. Yeah.
2: You know, we we never grew up. We're, we're still kids forever. We just, people pretend.
0: Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll meet, like when I, before I turned 20, one, I was like, I'm so excited to turn 21. I'll know everything and I'll, I'll have all the answers. And I'm 21 and I still feel like I'm 18. Age yeah. is really just a number, yeah. though. Yeah,
2: you know, growing up, like when I was eight, six, I grew up very fast just due to my family background. Right. Uh, I saw a lot of stuff growing up, which forces you to grow up very fast. And my mom was working all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was, a, I was a latchkey kid. And I was on my own, and while she was at work, I was exploring the city. And I'm interacting with adults. I'm talking to people, and I'm like, "You don't know too much, right? Like you're not you're not that sharp." I'm st- so I start seeing the holes within adults. I start seeing the 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 contradictions within what they say, right? They expose that in Euphoria. She wanted to get maybe the attendance backdated. And she had to go <gasps> into like, the clerics. Oh, that was a good he was little scene. And like, hey, scene. can you like at least, can you like forge the signature and say I was here? And he goes, that's unethical. And then she leans in and goes, I'll suck your dick. And he goes. In my car? In my car right now. And he goes, I'm 17, you fucking perv. You see what I'm saying? So and in his
0: face, he's like.
2: Yeah, the the contradiction within adults. Humans. Within humans, right? Yeah. And. Uh, okay, so Nate, our top three. Okay. Special characters, though, that you like.
0: Special, like... like
2: Just one special character.
0: Honorary? Honorary. Dang, you already said Fez, so I'm not going to say Fez.
2: You can say Fez, but you can give it from your own perspective.
0: Well, there's not much about Fez. You know, I feel like he lays it out all on the table. Not many complexities there. Like, he's loyal.
2: He has a scar on the side of his head. Oh,
0: yeah, he does. No, that's not a haircut thing? No. Oh. Yeah. That might
2: be why he's slow, right? He he dropped out of college at 20, so that might... Give That might be a foreshadow to why he went down this path.
0: Okay, so yeah, my honorary member... But was, you don't have
2: to do Fez. I'm, I'm sorry if like, I keep goading you into doing Fez. No, I like
0: it. Fez, okay. but it's just, I don't know what else to say about him. I just, I really like him because he's like very real. I mean, all the characters feel very real and relatable. Um, Not relatable, but like you feel like you've known them, you know, when you're watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, But Fez, I just really like him because he's very true to himself. And he, he's loyal to who he's loyal to.
2: That's your honorary character? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep going.
0: He's loyal to, he's loyal to, and he'll do whatever it takes to protect the ones he loves. Um, And even he found out, like, he found the flaw within his own relationship with Rue. He was like, I'm supplying her with this shit, and that's why she's, like, so terrible now. So he stopped, even though it was incredibly hard for him, and she was saying all those mean things about him. He was like you're my little sister. I have to do this for you. You'll thank me one day. I'm sure he was thinking that. Mm-hmm. And then she came back and like apologized. He was like, I don't believe anything a, a, an abuser says, right? Because they say anything to get what they want. But yeah.
2: So he's real. Like he, he's been through a lot of stuff. So now he sees the world for what it really is.
0: Mm-hmm. And I hate that people keep calling him dumb. He's not dumb.
2: He talks slow.
0: He just talks slow. He's not dumb.
2: Yeah some people portray that as, you know, lack of intelligence.
0: Yeah, but whatever.
2: I like I like Ali.
0: Oh, dang it. You keep getting good characters. <laughs> I forgot about him too. Uh, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, but
2: I, I like Ali. Okay, and the reason why, all the scenes apart, I don't really care. He kind of like, okay, Ali, uh-oh. angry black guy, Muslim, cool, no problem. The part that I really, that made me stand out was when he said, you need a god. Rude. You need something to believe in, Mm -hmm. because I feel like nowadays everyone. Think about it. I I used to, my faith growing up was always in question. I believed in science. You know, science. Blah blah blah. blah. I was very like hardcore atheist because I grew up in a very strict Christian home. So
0: you wanted to explore outside. Explore outside. Mm
2: -hmm. Everything was the devil. Everything was witchcraft. You know, just whatever God says, that's it. I'm like, no, but. One plus one equals two. One plus one <laughs> equals two, you know?
0: I mean, it's not like the Bible says math isn't real. Yeah,
2: so so then it, it goes, and so I started questioning, and I had a big ego. I'm like, why am I going to listen to some old-ass motherfucker with a robe and a bald head? Who are we talking about? Just like the people that wrote the Bible, right? The, oh, the monks. Okay. Uh, The pastors. They're, they're telling you stuff. I'm like, who are you? Like, what have you been through? Okay, you're reading, you're reading it from the piece of paper, but... I want to know your life.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Like, why? Because the Bible says that there are going to be many false prophets that come and preach to us. So we have to be very careful on who we believe. And so it pisses me off because when I do meet another atheist, they're not atheists because they've disproven God. They're atheists because they hate religious institutions because they've been traumatized by a religious leader. Mm -hmm. That's only... uh, God ain't real. My mama died and God didn't save her. I'm like, well... Death is a part of life. How
1: mm-hmm.
2: can we embrace life and reject death at, at the same time? It doesn't work that way. If you want to enjoy life, which God or our creator has given us, you have to accept both sides of the coin. That's why, like, in Mayan cultures or different cultures, they require sacrifice. It goes, so it shows you that it reminds people that death is part of life. And then what do they do? They go mm-hmm. do a festival. Mm-hmm. So you so you remember like okay yeah death people die this is normal so enjoy it while you're here.
0: Yeah, but then that can be slippery slope too though. How so? I mean cuz then people have used religion to form cults that also have sacrifices. True. True. And they're like you got to die for me or whatever and But that's I'm, murder. I'm just I'm just
2: <laughs> So now who is the leader? Where is he coming from? What's the reason behind it? Right. Mm-hmm. And so The Bible switched it and said, "Okay, animal sacrifices, food sacrifices. Like, give like tithes. Okay, if you harvest something, give me one third of your best. Give me the fattest cow. So it's kind of like you learn how to let go, Hmm. right? And so when when Ali was talking about how Ru needs a God, it was tied to the concept of revolution. So what is a revolution? Revolution is a change of the mindset top to bottom. Everything, your beliefs top to bottom, the way you live, the way you breathe, the way you speak, the way you conduct yourself as a human being. Mm -hmm. So now if you are the leader of the revolution, you're flawed, right? Maybe one day you might, you know, fall off target of the belief system. And so if you're the highest, who's going to check you? Right, we we let ourselves, you know, even with like look at a diet, right? Oh, I'm a, I'm a diet for a week, oh, but today I'll eat a bag of chips, not right there. You've missed your mark from the goal. But now, if you have a higher being that you have created that's perfect, that's always watching you, you're like, okay. My God says I shouldn't be eating too crazy, mm-hmm. and He's always watching me, even when I'm, you know, it kind of keeps you on track.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It keeps you focused. It keeps you disciplined. Right. Yeah, you don't you don't waver too much. Someone's phone ringing.
0: Yes, that's mine.
2: Okay, uh, we can pause. All right. So when you have a being above you that is watching you and judging you, it keeps you from wavering, right? You can't question it. It's also not just that. It's also good to have someone, something else out there to believe in because it's comforting.
0: Yeah, that's something that I have had to come to terms with on my religious journey. I was the same like with the whole atheist thing. Like, I just don't want to deal with it because like. The people that I have been around it seems it's more like they're trying to get me to join a cult. That's how it felt to me. And really what I've learned is like you said, it's like a relationship with whoever
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it's like for comfort and also for accountability. Mm-hmm. So that's something I really had to come to terms with. I remember my mom saying once she asked me uh, what my religion was. Cause in our house we are split religions, Buddhist mm-hmm. and Catholic, I think. So there's not really much pressure to like be one religion. Um, And it's not like a big deal either. Like no one has ever told me I needed to be one or the other. And she just asked me and I said that I don't believe in anything. And she's like, well, you have to believe in something. And that was when I was like in middle school. I was like, why did she say that? But now that I'm older, it's really hard doing life out here without some sort of belief system. Mm -hmm. Because if you just base base it off of your own morals, you change every year. Yeah. So like there is no one to hold you accountable if you're constantly tweaking your morals to fit your flaws
2: you you never reach self actualization yeah. because you're always deviating you're always being distracted by something else or someone else or some, some other thing but if you have a religion that's telling you okay do this do that do this do this to be a good person check 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 that checklist that's all you gotta do keep the checklist right don't steal okay don't kill okay don't lust after your neighbor's wife. Okay, makes sense. You know, don't, you know, relax. on Have a day to relax. Uh, don't have another God. Only have one. Okay, it makes sense. Because might have conflicting ideals. The Bible also says, don't yoke with unbelievers. And at first growing up, I never really understood the meaning behind it. And I was like, what? That makes no sense. And so that's, some people took it too far and said, only christians you know muslims no if you if, you know everyone get away from me but it makes sense because it's more so be with the people who have the same moral code as you because if i'm hanging around you and your moral compass is slightly off you could deviate me off track right because to you you fear nothing but yourself and you know if you don't even know yourself that's dangerous. You can totally mess me up, right? Because mm-hmm. growing up, you know, I'd be very nice and kind to people and they wouldn't reciprocate. I'm like, yo, oh, what's going on? I, th- I thought like, we're I'm, okay, you don't really believe in the same thing I believe in. You don't believe it to the same degree that I believe in because I'm very respectful. I try to treat everyone the same. I try not to lie. I try not to, you know, I try my best to follow the commandments. Mm-hmm. And other people around me, you know, they're doing other things, right? They're, you know, they're doing different things and I'm naive and dumb, and then like they'll treat me a certain way, and I'm like, why? But now I get it because they have no morality. Their morality is self-serving, whatever makes them happy. And and you know some in religious texts they're o- they're always warning us about being self-serving. It's the path to destruction, mm-hmm. right? Um, I like reading history because when you read history. I think the people who are very educated and intellectual, they realize that humans are mortal and we need to be able to like the mess, the mistakes that I made now, I don't want someone in the past to make the same mistakes. So I'm going to write it down and you read it. So now you're on a whole nother level, right? I got to here and I died. I'm going to get you to here. And I want you to use the rest of your lifespan to get us to here. Mm -hmm. That's why we write stuff. That's why we, you know, write history. We teach kids stuff so they don't make the same mistake of the past. And so I, I read, I read the history books. I read the memoirs. I read the biographies. And you know, King Solomon, all the kings, all the rich people. They, you know, they always say everything is vanity, right? Money, cars, women. Everything is all vanity, mm-hmm. right? Have a good wife. Eat food to your full. Be merry. You know. Have a good family. You know, keep things simple. Don't want too much because you'll chase after all this stuff. And then when you acquire it, it's not what you really wanted. And You've just wasted your whole life chasing after this one shiny thing. And once you get it, it's not there. It's not what you expected it to be. Because when you imagine something, you you, you don't imagine it with the flaws.
0: Or you get there and you're like, okay, what's next? So you're never fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So having a belief in materialistic things is just gonna lead you to an unhappy life. I feel like usually when you read about rich people, like how like how do you feel? And things that keep them happy are like their projects and their family and if they have beliefs, they usually do have some sort of belief system. Yeah. So it's not the money that's making them happy. It's actually making them. Not happy. Yeah. No,
2: like when I started my company and I started making money for the first time, I realized I wasn't happy, right? I wasn't happy. Bills, responsibilities, waking up. It was it was very tough. And so I had to just let it all go. Let it all go because it was crushing me. I couldn't work on my projects, right? I couldn't do artistic things because I didn't have time for it. My mind was on the money. I had to get it. I had to hustle. And I was like, damn, this is, I don't want this to be my life. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, you know, hang out with friends. I would like to be with family. I'd like to just walk and just not be in a rush. I remember back in 2018, I was always checking my phone. Every day, checking my phone, looking for a text, <laughs> checking my yeah. emails all the time. Checking my phone. And so now I barely even check my phone nowadays. And it's so, it's so relaxing. I'm not depressed, I'm not angry, I'm not, I don't wake up grumpy anymore. Yeah. You know, so I, I've I've understood that money isn't everything. If you chase money, you won't be happy. You have to chase your passions. You have to chase things you want, your interests. Mm-hmm. Money will come.
0: Yeah. That's what people say all the time. If you just do what you want, money will come. That's also a lie, too.
2: Yeah. Cause Do like, it well.
0: Because like artists, they don't get money until they're dead. I mean, yeah, money came, but you're not there to, to reap the results. Usually, right? That's how it is. Like good artists.
2: Well, see, that's the thing, though. They were, they were very ignorant. They, so artists, what I realized was when I was an artist and I was doing Internet stuff, I was making it for the fun. But everybody around me who was stealing my content, they were doing it for the money.
0: Yeah, so, I still see yeah, your right. stuff today.
2: So everybody's getting paid but me. Yeah. And then it made me think, okay, that's dumb, right? I was being dumb because if I really, the whole art is a big pie, right? Okay, so we're only focusing on maybe 25%. We're focused on the creation side. Mm-hmm. What about the business side? What about the marketing side? What about the distribution side, right? If you're going to involve yourself in something, you got to be the master of everything. You got to control it from top to bottom.
0: You think that's a human thing? What do you mean? Or is that like having to do something that you're passionate about and then also have to think about marketing it? Like, why should it be that way? That's what I'm asking. Like, is it a human thing or is it just because?
2: It's a human thing because somebody else is going to take advantage of where you're not paying attention to.
0: And I'll just keep it in my room. I'll just never show it.
2: But then somebody else is beating you to market. And? (laughs) So then the question begs or the statement is whatever you're happy with, whatever like you won't regret.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's how you live life. Just be okay with whatever you decided. Mhm. Yeah.
2: Because once like once you're content, nothing can phase you. Okay, yeah, so you made a billion dollars, but then that's very childish because we live in the real world and because we live in America there's bills. And if you can't pay your bills, you're you're now a strain on resource, right? You're wasting. You're eating up people's food. You're occupying space. That's why Americans are so depressed, <laughs> right? In other countries, it's not like that. There's family, right? If you if you fall down, you can live with your aunt. You can live with your brothers. Just oh help, like you help me, so I can help you out later on in life. That's kind of how it works. But over here, it's kind of like everyone is stepping on each other. I don't want you better than me, so I'm not gonna help you out. I'm not gonna put you on because. It makes me feel good to see that you're not above me.
0: I don't think that's an American thing.
2: In the corporate world, it's very ruthless. That's the first. That's the first thing I learned.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it's an business. American thing. I think it's, oh, it's a business thing?
2: It's a human thing, yes.
0: Yeah.
2: But because we're capitalism, capitalism, I think breeds that competitive nature within us.
0: Yeah. I can never be in business.
2: I love it. I love it. To be honest, I love the competition. I love the hustle. I love it. It's just, I don't know, it's in my blood. But it, I don't do it to step on someone else. I do it just to win. I, I want it to be a fair competition. I, I never try to undercut anybody. I want it all to be fair. And not even just like, like I'm going to cheat, you know, more so like, like you know, friendly competition because it pushes me to be the best. That's why I love competition because it pushes me Yeah. to perform. It pushes me to outdo what I did in the past.
0: Yeah, I'm not competitive. So all of Why? this is not appealing to me You're afraid to lose? No I just don't have it in me Like it doesn't fulfill me To win The way that someone who is competitive would be Like if I lose It's not like Oh man I lost Like I hate this I hate that I lost I should have done better For me it's like Okay I lost Like I don't really care much I love competition I just have fun Yeah
2: Well I guess Well I had five siblings And my dad Oh everything was a competition You know he would Come Come home one day with a box of books, dump it on the table. All right, whoever can read the most books wins $20. Mm-mm. So we're, like, we're just reading books.
0: So how would he gatekeep that? Like, how would he know Time that you span. read them?
2: Well, he's watching us.
0: I mean, you could pretend to read a book.
2: And then eventually he'll, we have to write a paper on it.
0: But has he read the book?
2: I don't know, but like, we're, I'm sure we all <laughs> I think wa- he bamboozled us. Not just guys. that, like, not just that, people were watching other people to make sure they were reading their books. You see what I'm saying? So it's kinda like I want the twenty, so I'm gonna make sure you're not cheating.
0: Yeah, but And if even you cheat, still, I'm snitching. No, but even still you can pretend I don't see I think he bamboozled you guys. <laughs> he's just reading all these reports and like he's like, Yep, I think that's about that's what this book is about. I mean, because sometimes I
2: mean I some years I would lose because I my sister was reading ten books and I could only read I'm i I'm eight. All right. Wait, well, the competition
0: wasn't fair. <laughs> it wasn't
2: fair. It wasn't fair. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So I realized that's life. Life isn't fair. Wow. You get what I'm saying? So from an early age, I realized that life isn't fair. Sometimes people will have a head start on you. Yeah. Either because they're older than you or they have a bigger brain than you. There's always somebody that has an edge.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think it's also just different upbringings too. Because. Even in school, like when I would tell my mom about my little kindergarten life or whatever, she'd Mm -hmm. be like, it's okay. You have to like share with others and like everyone gets all equal. She's, I guess she was a socialist. And so I never grew up around like competitiveness. And even now, like when I have to teach other younger kids, I also tell them like we should all share and not like, okay, go fight for that candy or whatever.
2: I remember when I started, you know, playing sports and wrestling, I would, you know, go to tournaments. And my mom never supported me at a tournament. Never not once. She was afraid I was going to get hurt. And I was like, "Well, if you won't support me, I'll do it on my own." So, you know, that's what I did. I went and did it on my own. And I would go to matches hungry. Right? We we would drive to like another city, and I had no food, no juice, no money. I had to borrow from I mean. Can I have? Can I have like a cracker? Or can I have a <gasps> sandwich? Or I would, or like lunch. I would get my lunch and put it in a bag, and put it in my backpack so I can eat it at nighttime so I wouldn't be hungry.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So,
2: so I was going to tournaments and you know I was I was kicking butt, or and I'll, I'll get third place. I'll come home. I'm like I'll show my brothers got third place, and my mom will walk by and she goes, "It wasn't first. and I'm mad. I'm like. She you was you even it? there. How? Yeah, you, you weren't there. You know, everybody like everybody, else's parents are supporting them. Everybody, And so it just made me want to, like, work harder and prove myself. And then I get first. And she's like, okay. But it wasn't, like, good job. It was like, oh, okay. You shouldn't even be wrestling. So then I learned in this world, I learned very early, like, you shouldn't be seeking approval. Mm. The only approval you need in this world is only yourself because you won't get it. it. Or if if you do get it, what are you gonna do then? Are you able to make peace with yourself? Are you doing it because you want their approval, or are you doing it because you really want to?
0: Right. It? Yeah. Yeah. That's a question I think about every day when I make decisions. So,
2: like with this podcast, right? When I first brought the idea to a lot of my fr- people close to me, they're like, "Oh, another idea." another idea you won't even go through with? What are you going to talk about? What are you going to even call it? You know, just a lot of naysayers, a lot of doubters, a lot of dream killers, a lot of dick riders. And I'm like, dang. I'm going to still do it though. (laughs) You know, like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? I fail? Who cares about failing?
0: Yeah, you put your stuff out there. You tested the market and see what they like and you go back to the drawing board. I mean, there is no... Negative, I feel like the only negative would be if someone took your stuff and Mm -hmm. did it better than you. That would suck. I think that's the only risk with putting your creatives out there, creativity out there. Yeah.
2: And if I fail, okay, I I go do something else, right? That's why all the entrepreneurs are C students because when you're a C student, you're used to failing. (laughs) I'm serious. All the geniuses are C, well, not C students, but they're, they're used to failing and they understand that their grade or failing is not a representation of who they are as a person. Yeah. The failing is data, information.
0: Yeah, that's and that's what they need to teach in school. I feel like obviously they don't explicitly say like if you get an F you're a failure, but you feel this way and there isn't like a like a re, like a positive reassurance like mm-hmm. hey, it's okay that you failed kind of thing. It's kind of like okay, we keep trucking along. But if we looked at failure as like part of the process, then I think we would be more comfortable with it and Mm -hmm. be like, yes, I failed so I can do better the next time. But we don't see it that way. We see it as fail. Okay, we're not doing it anymore. So I think that's what needs to change our our perspective on failure.
2: And and, and, and no joke, Corona, the pandemic is going to push us to that direction because the traditional way of doing things, as we've learned, is a failure there's too many holes in it Mm -hmm. right uh people that were avoidant of being around technology
0: have to start learning now start learning yeah
2: right there is no more oh johnny can you do it like no if you want to keep your job you got to know how to work zoom yeah you got to know how to work remotely from home that's why when the when the pandemic happened and i couldn't have people coming into the studio i paused i was okay what can we do now because I didn't go, oh my goodness, the podcast is over. It's done. No more citizens of the internet. Everyone was right. I was like, no, okay. Within every problem is a solution.
0: Yeah. Also, podcasts are like audio. so People don't actually have to be in the room.
2: But a lot of people that start podcasts haven't, they don't, they haven't really been in this media tech field to even think of things outside of the box. Mm. So I'm saying. They kind of just jumped on the wave. Mm -hmm. And so for me, because I've been doing like YouTube videos since, 2008
0: mm-hmm.
2: right I started on a little my mom's small little camera picture and I only had three minutes of film
0: oh I remember those days
2: three minutes of film
0: yeah you had limited video time yeah and then the more you recorded the less video time you got the next time mm-hmm. yeah
2: so I I and then you know I realized the sound was bad damn it sounds so I was looking at other YouTube I was watching you know Niga higa Timothy ghetto and their sound was good I'm like what are they doing mm-hmm. like what what is it and so this is so I had and this is pre-YouTube like okay here's how you do good audio this is way before mm, people yeah, started yeah, using yeah. YouTube on how-to videos yeah. it was more so for parodies yeah and if you did know video stuff you took video tech class in school or college and it was for the nerdy kids so I had to learn it on my own so I realized okay well So then later on, my sister bought a more modern camera that had a better sound. So I would get my mom's camera and then under it, my sister's camcorder and record. So I I took the sound Mm -hmm. from the video and would overlay it on the camera with a better picture. Yeah. So I learned how to strip audio and deal with audio on the computer at a young age. All at the age of four. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I was able to transition the podcast digitally. Yeah. When the pandemic happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so now we're back in the studio.
0: Here we are, the big old studio. Yeah, It's come a long way.
2: Yeah, because I had a friend. And it was crazy because when, the, when, the, when people were talking about, I wanted to start the podcast back in college, like back in 2012. But I didn't know anything about podcasting. But I knew I wanted a podcast. And then I hung out with a friend. I think I've said it many times in episodes before. But Roberto was like, he was talking about podcasting. And then I hung out with some friends. Like, hey, man, can you, you want to start a podcast with me? And this friend used to make fun of my YouTube videos. Oh, oh, your videos suck. That wasn't that funny. You bah, call them, bah,
0: you, called, you call them a friend? That's what you call people who make fun of your t- creativity?
2: That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm too kind. I'm too Christian. <laughs> I'm serious. I try mm-hmm. to, you know, the Bible says to forgive and forget, right? The, someone told Jesus, hey, how many times should I forgive someone? And he said, 77 times 77. Um,
0: that's, yeah, that's yeah. a lot.
2: Yeah. And, but then, When I really started doing deep research, the whole translation, yes, uh, the translation has been lost. And so forgiveness isn't coming from a place of weakness. Forgiveness is coming from a place of strength, right? You have to be strong enough and tough enough to beat the living shit out of the person who's talking shit to you.
0: Like physically,
2: physically, anyhow, but then you choose not to, you choose not to.
0: But that, but that is hard because you have to let them know that that is why you're forgiving them.
2: But also, like they can also tell themselves too because they but, see you and they're like, "Oh wow, this guy can give me a real thrash." You're not just some soy boy with like a mustache and a big. Be- you know, you're not. You're not some. We know. Okay, I believe in God, but I'm I'm still a gangster.
0: <laughs> that um, oh, man, I I I forgot. I think his name is to. I think that's how you pronounce it, Toby. He made a song called "Try Jesus, try Jesus but don't try me, because yeah. I throw hands."
2: Yeah, That's yeah, a good song, yeah, yeah. Because look at the people Jesus rode with. Jesus rode with some gangsters, right? Paul had a knife on him. When the Romans came to come Je- came to come get Jesus, pulled out his knife, sliced the Roman's ear off. Jesus <laughs> was like, "Hell, yo, yo, we don't we don't do that here."
0: <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys, we don't do that. We don't do like Paul. What you want, bro?
2: <laughs> and so. Uh, Jesus gets the ear back and puts it on the Roman Centurion and heals him. Sorry and, about that. Yeah, and <laughs> takes him away because you know, if you look at the Bible, God only used radicals. Samson, gangster motherfucker, bro. <laughs> gangster motherfucker. This dude was was smashing cheeks of the end like the people Stop! the people who God created him and made him strong to defeat, he was smashing their women. Oh. He would pull up to like a town convention and like lift cows and oh, shit. Oh god. And then, like, take their girls home and, and, like, the Philistines are hating. They're like. "Mm."
0: You know what? You you know how drunk history, right? Yeah. Are we going to get copyright?
2: No, we're not. No. You should do. Bible, drunk history.
0: Bible and booze or something. I don't know. (laughs) I
2: mean, Jesus did turn water into wine, you
0: know? (laughs) Something like that where you just. Because. Bible stories. I've learned so much um, about um, your religion, Christianity. Just from, like, you talking to me about it. Because even though I was in a Catholic household for most of my life, I did not understand it at all. Yeah. Also because it was in a different language. And so their words are just so big. I don't know what they're talking about. But, yeah, since being with you, like, I learned so much. And it's because you you tell stories like that that I can remember them.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how I remember it. (laughs) That's how I'm picturing it in my mind. Because, like, when when someone tells me something, I got to create a story for it. Because then I can digest it. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to make it my own so I can adopt it and break it apart and put it into my psyche and, and make it a part of my ego so I can use it as a tool to take me to the next level. Yeah. Right? Look, David. David had a temper. David had a bad temper. Like, anyone that this God, let get it. Why, yada, David was ready to scrap. Why, yada, yada. David was killing bears and mountain lions. Like, he did not let any one of his sheep get lost in the wilderness or the forest. Yeah. He was ready to kill, ready to die for it. And so God used him as a tool to get his plans across. Mm -hmm. Abraham, Abraham was 80 or 90. He was a gangster. Abraham was still fighting wars. Abraham, he knew how to handle a sword. Yeah. And so, you know, so that's what I'm trying to tell you, like the religious text, when you forgive, it comes from a place of strength. You're not just weak. "Uh, I'm nice. I'm Christian. I'm a pacifist. no, I can do damage to you, but you have to remember, don't take my kindness for a weakness.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to look at forgiving someone.
2: So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I we could I could take it there with you. However, I choose not to.
0: It's above me. It's no, above me. Right? Is that what it's? It's beneath me? Beneath me. Yes, <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Sorry. It's beneath me. Yeah. What's the point?
0: Rise above.
2: Just hate. Now nah, you're going to want... You're gonna to wanna to catch me slipping and beat me up. And you're gonna to try to No, I'm gonna catch you slipping now. I'm a I'm a you know, and now it's back and forth, right? An eye for an eye, everyone goes blind.
0: Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah, everyone goes blind. So kinda of like, okay, whatever, no problem. Yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say about off <laughs> yeah. to me and it sticks to you because I know I know you're bitter inside.
0: Uh, kindergarten You know, I know I
2: know you're fighting demons, but
0: what is that? Like kindergarten uh quotes?
2: Yeah, I mean those are good quotes to live by because kids be going through a lot. Like kids come into this world with no tools.
0: Literally. And so the tools are
2: given these kids is to help them make sense of their world. Yeah.
0: Like I know you are, but what am I? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Cause you just keep saying until they stop, they stop bullying you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but anyways, I did the podcast, and I feel like I enjoy it. Because here we are. Here we Season are. Three. Season three. Season three. Episode three. Episode three. Doing great. Doing great. Back mm-hmm. in the studio. Yeah. Got the green screen.
0: A big ass F you. Big ass FU you. To you know? everybody who said. Everybody. 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 <laughs> Literally everybody.
2: <laughs> we got the website going, too. hmm More, you know, more content in the works. So I'm, I'm very glad that I really moved forward. Me, too. On this.
0: I'm glad. Because I was like, let's do it. And I didn't know people behind the scenes were telling you no. Because I was like, yes, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you listened to me and listened to yourself. Yeah. 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 <sighs> All uh-huh.
2: right. So that was, that was a good episode. We're going to start wrapping up pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any uh, final thoughts or anything closing to say?
0: Um. Remember to look within always before you do anything rash. Look out for season two of Euphoria. Okay. Not sponsored. Okay. Not so sponsored. So that we can all, the whole, the whole citizens of the internet can talk about it together when it comes out. Uh-huh. And um, thank you for having me on the podcast. I love it.
2: It's my pleasure. We would like to have you back in the near in future.
0: Oh. Thank yes. you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all
2: right, guys, we are gonna sign out in three, two, one, zero. Oh.